Today's video is brought to you by StoryboardThat.com. Please visit TeacherCast.net slash StoryboardThat for a limited time offer. Welcome, everybody, to the Tech Educator Podcast. We are here live talking all about Google add-ons. I want to bring on our guest today from the great uh, Wii video. I want to bring on Diana Magical. Diana, how are you today? Good. Very good. How about you guys? Doing well. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, tell us a little bit about Wii Video. Well, for those of you that have never heard about Wii Video, Wii Video is a video editor that is browser-based, which is basically means that you don't download software to your computer. And this is actually a really cool thing because you're not stuck to that computer that has uh, the editing software. You could go to grandma's house and edit there. You could go to the computer lab, as you guys were mentioning right now, or you can edit on your computer at home. So the, that's Wii Video is basically a browser-based editor, but there's a lot of different things that our editor has that I'm sure we're going to be talking about later today. Absolutely. We're going to be demonstrating a whole bunch of these Google add-ons. Of course, you know, month of August, we are talking all about Google Google Apps for Education. Also want to bring on our other guests. They are from an amazing company called Kaizena. Uh, let me, uh, Sam, why don't you introduce them? Sure. From Kaizena, we've got both Edward. Hi, Edward. How you doing? Oh, wait. Can you hear me? There we go. There we go. Okay. Good. How are you? I'm doing well. And Edward, are you in Waterloo right now? Yep, we are based in uh, Waterloo. It's a city near Toronto in Canada. Excellent. And your partner is Max. Max, how are you doing? Hey, Sam. I'm doing great, thanks. Good to see you again. We were Always we good to see you. How, how long ago was it that we connected? Three companies ago now? Oh, no theme company, just different names. Uh, you know, we, we were originally uh, Learnly, and then we changed our name to One-to-One -one Writing. Uh, but then the thing is, is that teachers kept telling us that, you know, it wasn't so much about writing as much as it was about feedback and that the, the product that we had made could be used to give feedback on all different sorts of uh, projects. And, and, uh, and certainly as we added support for Google presentations, uh, you know, so that opens up the possibilities far beyond writing uh, into uh, project-based learning, and uh, I, I can't wait to demo that in a few minutes. Whenever. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that because it really is like, yes, you guys figured out how to give good feedback on writing, but if you can give good feedback on writing, you can give good feedback on just about anything. So I'm totally excited to have you guys and we video all on the show today because it's about Google Apps add-ons, but it really talks of, speaks to the power of collaboration and how these cloud-based tools can help people, whether it's teachers and students or students and students or you and grandma, work together and communicate more effectively. Well, let's talk a little bit about that, Sam, because when we say Google Docs, and I was just talking about this the other day at an EdCamp, there's really two different definitions, right, to Google Docs. We mean Google Docs as the word processor that comes with the Google suite, and then we use that term to mean the full suite of Google tools, Google, you know, Google Docs. But recently, Google has opened up this concept of Google add-ons. Um, mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about what a Google add-on is before we, you know, really get involved in these demonstrations tonight. Well, Google has this model where they started with just their basic structure of apps, and you had docs, and you had presentations, and you had sheets. And there were a lot of small packages of code that you could employ or you could even develop and write to make Google Docs do slightly different things. And some of these got integrated into the greater structure of Google Apps. But really, I think Google saw an opportunity to say, hey, this is a way that we could invite other people to develop tools for these basic office needs. So whether it's Google Apps for business, Google Apps for education, or just someone using Google Apps, 
they have access to these other tools and service providers right there inside of where they're working, right at that point where they're actually creating content, let's give them access to this video editing tool or this response tool so they're not having to go outside or export that content somewhere else. Let's build an environment that allows people to work on their content more natively with a lot closer relationship to that cloud-based source of content. So Google has provided the opportunity for many companies to create something that adds to the experience of using Google Apps for Education. And you know, one of the neat things about these add-ons is that for the majority of them, there is no cost for them. I mean, the idea that you get a suite of tools and then you can add on all these neat little things to them to enhance it. It's almost like like right now we've got the teacher cast podcast and then the add-ons would be say like the tech educator and then we're going to soon do this add-on of the Craig Yen show. Wouldn't you think it's almost the same thing? Similar where you know Craig Yen might decide that his show is so popular that people need to actually subscribe to get his content. But if I was already a subscriber to the Craig Yen show and I was using your same metaphor here, of course, right? And then I could just access that content that I'm already subscribed to right there inside of the teacher cast world. So even for service providers who have a paid service, Google makes it possible to interact with and get the benefits of that paid service inside of this environment of Google Apps for Education. Well, let's bring on Diana. Uh, Diana, talk to us a little bit about WeVideo. We were saying this a little bit before the audio went on, and there is a great way for students right now to create video online, and that is WeVideo. Uh, tell us a little bit about what we can have here. Sure. Well, WeVideo is a video editor, as I said before, um, and it's all browser-based. So you basically log into a website, wevideo.com, and you will find our full platform there, which includes different things, starting from three different editing modes, which allows you to adapt your environment to the level of experience that you have and still be able to create great videos. Um, and then we have different tools like uh, uh, simple things like audio related or text graphics, all the way to things like green screen and slow-mo and fast-mo. Now, we are talking about Google Apps, so one of the things that we have, our full platform is on WeVideo.com, and that's where our core product is. But we do have something that we like to call companion apps, one of which is uh, a, a WeVideo app for Google Drive, as well as apps for mobile devices and even Chromebooks. But again, the core product is a browser-based app, so you can find WeVideo.com on your browser, on WeVideo.com, or by adding this uh, Google add-on. Uh, for your Google Drive. And I'll, I'll walk you guys through how, how you do that, but that's basically the core of our product. Could you take us through a little demonstration of how you can go from your Google Drive into, say, adding WeVideo into it? Definitely. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen, and let's see if this works. Uh, tell me when you guys can see it. Sure. And, of course, if you're out there watching live on TeacherCast.tv and you have some questions, please leave it in the chat box. Uh, Sam and I are going to be uh, uh, checking that out all during the show here. All right. So we have a Wii Video Companion Apps. Go ahead. Tell us a little bit about this, Diana. Awesome. Well, for starters, if you want to uh, right now go ahead and see uh, the apps that I'm talking about, you could go to the Chrome Web Store and you will just search for Wii Video, just one word. And you will find at least two of our or two of our apps there. One is WeVideo for Google Drive, which is the one that we're talking about the most today. But we, you will find another one that is called WeVideo Next. WeVideo Next is a companion app as well, and it is basically one of those Chrome packaged applications that open up straight from the Chromebook as if it were a desktop application. And in there, you will find uh, our editor too in a simple form, which is the first storyboard mode, which is the easiest one. And you can log in with your same credentials as you would uh, with uh, your Google your Google email. Now, if you do uh, want to open it up on Google Drive, and again, talking about being in that environment that you already work on, then you will go ahead and install the Wii Video for Google Drive app. And then I'm going to go ahead and move here. So you see I'm on the Chrome Web Store. You will find it here. You see both apps. And once you install it, on your Google Drive, what happens is that there's a little folder created that is called Wii Video. But also, when you just click Create here, as you would start any other document or presentation that you have here in Google, you could just click on Wii Video, and you would open it up. Um, right now, I'm just going to simulate this. But you would open it up, and you will find basically our editor launch there. So once the editor launches, 
and you'll be able to see exactly what you would see. Basically, this is the, the editor right now. Exactly what you would see if you just would log into WeVideo.com. And I want to point out something very, very quickly before uh, I go into the full demo. I want to show the difference between the, the view of when you log into WeVideo for Google Drive. Uh, there's a simple uh, thing that we call the hub where you're able to create new projects and invite people to your projects or even organize your projects. And it's just a very simple difference between WeVideo.com that you see here on the right and WeVideo for Google Drive. The concepts are the same, projects and invitations are still the same, but the view is just a little bit easier. And of course, the reason why we did this is one is just an add-on. And the second is that we're seeing a lot of teachers use this as a very simple and clean way for their students to just join we video straight to the editor and not worry about um, other things in the UI environment where maybe they're confused and they could go and distract themselves. It's just straight on, create a project and start the editor. Are you guys there? <laughs> Absolutely. So awesome. when, when you're looking at this as a video editor, is this something that is, um, only desktop compatible, or would this be something that a student can try on a tablet device? Uh, yes, so we do have other companion apps, which are our Android apps, uh, that you can download either on an Android phone or in an Android tablet. And they can definitely open up WeVideo there with their same credentials, which basically will be the, the Google credentials. Now, uh, I've spoken a lot about this editing modes, and um, if, you, if you want, I could go uh, walk you guys through what that is. But the reason why I want to bring it up is because uh, on the tablet right now, you can only use the first editing mode, which is the simple storyboard mode. And the reason being is because it's much faster and easier to just move around the, the sequence, which is what you see right now here. The sequence of the different clips that you want to add to your story and edit it out. You do have some simple features that you can uh, do your video on the tablet and then you can decide to either publish the video straight from the tablet or actually sync your video to your WeVideo account so that you can open it up either on WeVideo.com or WeVideo for Google Drive and continue editing it there. Here then if you sync it to your other WeVideo account uh, you could just switch to a different mode which would be made to be a timeline mode. I'm just going to go ahead and do this very quickly. And then you'll see that same story that you started maybe on the, on the mobile device or on the tablet, and now you can do more things to it, like add different elements to the different layers or add music and voiceovers or start being more ambitious and even constructing something even longer that you can take your time and do in a, in a bigger device, which would be a computer or a Chromebook. The neat thing, you know, I, I... And, you know, I think it was last year, maybe two years ago, we did a show on TeacherCast with WeVideo. And I got to tell you, the only the, the one thing that always gets me about you guys is that it's very clean, very easy to use. And, you know, one of the questions that comes up about stuff like this is, can it be done with an elementary school background? And it's very, very simple for students of almost any age to pick up and be able to use. Oh, definitely. And... I mean, we've seen, and I'm going to just um, go ahead and keep moving here while I talk, but just to show you how easy it is to just drag and drop things. But in terms of examples, I mean, we've seen kids in elementary school use it to either, they maybe stay on the storyboard mode and they're very simple and maybe just create um, a little story by recording themselves with a webcam uh, and just talking straight. I mean, they just record one video, one complete clip. They record themselves talking about... Uh, I don't know, maybe like a show and tell. And then maybe they go here and add one of our themes, which themes is basically um, a pre-made uh, professional template that includes a, a title card, music, and a little bit of color grading. And that goes with different stories, right? So basically, just by applying this theme, they have a title card, some music uh, to that video that they recorded, which is just one. But it's still video editing because they're spicing it up. They're making it much, much professional looking. Uh, and then they're publishing right away in, in a few minutes. Uh, now, we've also seen others that they just say, you know what, skip the storyboard mode. This is, this is way too easy. Just go to the timeline and start doing something more ambitious. And even elementary kids, they just, do, they just thrive with things like this. And they're the ones that are teaching the teacher, actually. Could you talk to us a little bit about uploading video? We had some questions here about publishing. And I, I want you to definitely get into some of the publishing um, avenues, but when you're uploading video, is that something that you can upload from an iPhone, iPad, Android, whatever, or do you have to sync that into your computer? 
and then upload it. So you have a couple of ways. If you're working on the Google Drive or on the web app, you just click on upload and you could either browse your computer or you can connect to other places. And especially right now, Google Drive, if you connect to your Google Drive account, you'll be able to see the clips that you have on your Google Drive and just pull from them, select them, and then send them to your WeVideo account so that you're, you're able to see them right here on your media. Now, if you record it on a phone or uh, either Android or iOS, you can uh, download our app. And again, what I mentioned, you just uh, select the clips that you want to use. And either you can start doing the sequence, the, the beginning of the story, or you could just pick the clips and sync it to your WeVideo account. And then after a little bit, you will see them right here. And then you can use them as you would any other clip. So there's two different ways to do that. I have a question here in the chat. And by the way, guys, if, you, if you're not watching, the TeacherCast.tv chat is really, really uh, booming here. I want to say a big hello to Craig and Peggy and Brian and Chris. Somebody here is saying, how do you use this? What is the practical way of using this? How do you use this in a lecture or a demonstration-based? I remember, and, and again, I'm, I'm not too up with the differences between WeVideo, Google add-ons, and WeVideo, the website. But mm -hmm. I remember you were telling me about a classroom setup where the teacher can have all the video on a top level and the students can edit with that video. Is that, am I thinking of this the right way? Do you, is that? Definitely. Yeah. So um, right now, if you go to wevideo.com slash education, you will see our offering for education. And it's particularly a class pack where first off, you're in an environment that we call a walled garden where only the people that are in that walled garden are able to see each other to both invite uh, people to a project. So right now, for example, I'm going to be switching to my project view uh, and I could just click here and invite people from my walled garden only to join my project. And by inviting them, I can, uh, they're able to see not only the media that I'm using to create the video, but they're also able to see this list view, which is basically the different versions of videos that have been created about this particular project, which is Japan, Japanese culture. So this is a way, for example, we've seen people, uh, teachers create a template where they load maybe five clips to the timeline and then they just ask uh, all the students to open up this edit. And if I click edit, I'm just going to go ahead and actually see the pieces of the story here. And by the kids opening up that edit, they can uh, maybe add a voiceover to it and completely change that story, uh, add more elements to that story, uh, erase elements from that story, highlight certain things. Uh, that's one way of collaborating. The second is actually by sharing media. So we have on that same uh, education uh, account a shared media folder, and I'll show you how that looks when I go into the, the hub, which is the management console for WeVideo. But you have basically here a shared folder, and this is a place where people put, uh, let's say that you bought a lot of stock uh, clip art for your school or music for your school. Uh, let's say that you all went to a field trip and the teacher wants to include all this media here that everybody would see, everybody in that walled garden, regardless of the project that they're working on. So that is one of the ways that, that you can collaborate as well. Now, one big important thing, and since I'm mentioning this wall garden, I wanted to tell you guys is um, this, the reason why we did this is because we want kids to be in a safe environment where they can create any kind of project. We've been seeing uh, kids actually pour their hearts out and create things like uh, a PSA about bullying. And by being in the safe environment, they're only able to collaborate or communicate with maybe just a teacher or with a couple of students or even work by themselves in the web, being safe in an environment that that video is not going to go anywhere else uh, when they publish it. There's not going to go outside of, of the walls that the student, uh, I'm sorry, that the teacher um, decides. And we can talk a little bit more about that later. There's a question here in the chat box here. It says, does this work simil similarly to Google Docs with the history restore feature? And uh, if you are collaborating, do do students have an opportunity to change somebody else's work? Uh, yes, and um, I'm not completely sure about the first question. Uh, and let me just explain how it works when uh, kids uh, use each other's uh, edits. So I'm going to go back again here to projects. And what happens is that they don't simultaneously edit. It's not like a Google Doc where you see all the mouse move at the same time. Uh, because it will be very disruptive and you would, you will be basically, if I, if you want to put a song and that other person wants to put a song at the same time, it just wouldn't work. But the way that we do it is basically a revision, a revision or a history 
um, versions of the video. So when you're working on a collaborative project like, like I have here, uh, the one that is on top is basically the newest uh, video. And each of the students can see each other's work. Like if you and I, Jeff, will be working on this one, uh, you created this one and I created this one, I can go in here and open yours up. But that as soon as I make any change, it's gonna get saved with my name. That way I don't disrupt what you just created. And if we later on wanna go back to your version because it was better, then we could just open that one up and publish that one out. Pretty neat there. There's a lot of great stuff happening over at WeVideo. Could you talk a little bit about the exporting settings? Definitely. So I'm gonna switch back here and I'm gonna to go to publish. And uh, now what you do, what, what happens here is that when you publish, you usually publish to WeVideo uh, all the time because uh, we're allowing you to work on a browser-based editor. And as you could see, everything that I was moving and changing was pretty fast. But when you publish your video, it's really when we uh, render that video out and create that final product. So all the videos go to wevideo.com. And you can also select Google Drive or any other destination. And with one click, when you click publish, it gets sent to your Google Drive as well. So uh, after that, you can also choose the, the quality of your export. You can decide to go 480 or 720p. Um, and then I'm also going to touch base on one other thing. Um, I have been talking a lot about this walled garden and permissions, but depending on what the parameters that um, an administrator or basically a tech coordinator that sets up WeVideo for the, for the uh, students decides, for example, those import destinations that I was talking to you guys about where you can pull the media from, or particularly export destinations where you want students to be able to export their videos to. Um, you can decide, the tech coordinator can decide. So for example, things like Google Drive and WeVideo.com are great for them to just export their video to. But places like Vimeo or YouTube or Dropbox that are uh, maybe way too open for a school environment, you can decide to block those. And this is one of the greatest benefits of our WeVideo education account. It seems like there's just a lot of neat things going on over here. And I love the fact that as an administrator, you do have the ability to turn on and turn off those settings. Um, there is one last question here. I think we might have hit it, but I want to make sure that we get to it. Could you explain the differences one more time between the free version and what the premium features would be? Yeah, so one of the things, um, we, we video for free is open up for everybody, not just education. So if you go there, you will be able to not only use WeVideo on your phone and WeVideo on Google Drive, uh, you have just limitations on the export time, which is how many minutes you have to export your videos. Uh, you do have a watermark and you have uh, a certain allotment for storage. If you use a WeVideo for education package, it is a seat-based package where uh, somebody purchases the seats for everybody. It starts, I believe, around 249 per year for 50 users. And then uh, the students basically log in with their free accounts. And then you have that collaboration. You're able to see those premium features like slow-mo, green screen. Uh, you're able to see all of this, which is the admin tab, where you're able to see not only uh, set permissions, but also see reporting on what the students are doing. Uh, you're able to set user roles which is great because that way you can give certain people more administrative tools and um, students can have a little bit more of a restriction. And you can go in here and actually review what they're doing, review their videos, review how much time they're spending on the editor and other things that we've been seeing that teachers really, really need for them to, to be in an environment and in a one-stop place to create and safely do their videos for their projects in school. Just looking here, Sam, there's so much stuff that can be used in all grade levels and really all subjects here. Um, it really does seem like it's one of those great add-on tools that any teacher can use. Oh, definitely. And the ability of the teacher to push video sources out to the kids is really phenomenal scaffolding because so often you're burning time on either having kids find video, import video, shoot video, whatever. But if you had a common piece of set, uh, set of video that you wanted the kids to all use to create a presentation, this is a great way to get it all to them and some really straightforward tools to use to put that together. Now, let's switch over a little bit from video creation to more the after project stuff, right? I mean, we 
there's a, there's a couple of questions in here of from administrators in our chat box of you know I'm doing a Google um, training this year starting off and we're going to be talking about creating docs and we want to do feedback and that's why I'm glad that we have Kaizena here. Why is it important, Sam, for teachers to give appropriate feedback? Well, you know, if a lot of the research you find on education talks explicitly about how timely feedback is a game changer. In the world of writing instruction, I've always struggled to find enough time to give my students proper feedback. And typically, we've been constrained by a lot of issues of time. But as video has become easier to make, video is so much more information rich. And audio, even audio recording, so much more information rich than just writing things down. So um, one of the things that I've found is that if I can use these tools to communicate with my students, then I chance them misinterpreting things a lot less. And learning is risky. There's a lot of ego involved. So if you can deliver content by way of video or audio recording, you can actually have a lot more success and the students can learn more. And so tonight uh, we have, let's bring back in here, Max and Edward. Let's get you off a of mute there. Hey, Jeff. Hey. So, uh, Sam, why don't you take it away here? You bet. Max Edward from Kaizena. Now, why don't you guys just start off and tell us about Kaizena feedback, what it is, and first off, show it, show it to us at work in Google Docs. For sure. So what I'm going to do is, uh, well, actually, just I'll, I'll speak a little bit about who we are and why we do what we do, and then I'll, I'll share um, from, from a teacher's perspective just quickly how to add stuff into Kaizena. And then uh, I will pretend to be the student, and Edward will pretend to be the teacher, and I'll go about how you might, as a student, ask your teacher for feedback. Um, so we, we believe very strongly, as you mentioned, Sam, that timely, high-quality feedback is one of the fastest ways to help your students improve. And we're building a product that is, is the goal is to save teachers time uh, while improving the quality of feedback that students receive. So we found that that's a very um, important double value proposition for both, you know, to meet the realities of the classroom um, and the time constraints that teachers have by actually building features and products that save time while at the same time uh, improving the bottom line outcomes for students. So. Uh, I'll, I'll show you how we do that in several different ways as I, as I go through and as Edward goes through and demos the product. just want you to keep that in the back of your mind as, as we go through the product because a lot of what we do has been centered around that core belief and that core philosophy. Uh, so um, without any, any further talk, I will uh, start the screen share. That sounds good, Jeff? Yes. Awesome. So... Uh, can you see my screen? Yes, we're all good. All good? Great. So here I have uh, a regular Google Doc, um, and this could have been created by you as a teacher or uh, by a student who shared it with you. Uh, the point here is that you have a Google Doc in your Google Drive. And now how do you get it into Kaizena? Uh, so the one simple way, and there's many ways to get stuff into Kaizena, but we believe you know, it doesn't really matter where the content comes from. We just want to really be the best place to give feedback. So we have uh, an add-on that we call Kaizena Shortcut. So if you click on, first of all, get add-ons, because um, you won't have this installed when you first open a, a doc in Google Drive, and search for Kaizena, um, you will see the Kaizena Shortcut appear. And you click on it and read more about it. Uh, and instead of it saying manage here, it will say install. So if you click that, then in the shortcut or in the menu here, you'll get the Kaizena shortcut. And so if I click open this doc in Kaizena, a little pop-up appears with a blue button that will open that inside the Kaizena viewer. And this is where uh, you can add that high-quality feedback uh, on your documents. So what does that mean? Very simply, highlight 
and speak, record. Now I'm giving my students voice and verbal feedback on their work, which allows me to communicate uh, as, as you know, one of my, when a, another great teacher that I met at ISTE actually put it, it allows me to change the culture of my classroom by telling them, yes, you know, your, your essay sucked, but I still love you, right? Um, and so that's the, the power of voice comments really comes in the inflection and intonation in your voice. Um, in being able to communicate and overcome that barrier of adversary between the teacher and the student. It's to help put the student in the, in the right frame of mind to get them in that mindset for improvement by helping them overcome that it's okay not to have done spectacularly or whatever, um, but you know, we're both on the same team together helping you, know, you get better. So uh, there's other stuff that I'm going to leave for, for Edward, but that was just really quick how, as a teacher, you add something that you already have in your Google Drive. And, and you'll see that the, the voice comes to goes up in the side. Next, what I'm going to demo is, well, if you as a student want to ask your teacher feedback, um, because you know, everyone has different ways of making Google Drives. But what we wanted to provide was just essentially simplest way of getting a document from a student to a teacher and back uh, if you want to make any other you know document system like Octopus, which is made by hey. Andrew Stillman. Hey Max. We're gonna pause really, really quickly here just because you're you're coming in a little distorted and we want to make sure everybody completely uh, has the concepts here. Um, is that a bandwidth thing, do you think? Or is that because your mic is trying to run on both systems? Or I want, I want to make sure that everything we've got here is clear on this. Also, Diana, I don't know if you're on teachercast.tv, but we still have a lot of questions for you over on the chat box here on teachercast.tv that are coming in. I am, yeah. I'm reading them here, and I'll try my best to reply to them right there. Awesome. Um, Max, try it one more time. Yeah, it's coming up really, really distorted. I don't know if Edward can can jump in and help out with this or or take over or something here, but it's coming in a little bit more distorted than needs to. Okay, uh, Edward, can you shut yeah. off your video? Um, actually, your voice is good now. If you uh, if you want to just, you're almost there at the kind of you're just demoing the next part that I'll hand it over to me. Um, so maybe if you can just finish up. Sure. Uh, is my voice coming through great for everyone now? Yes. Okay, so um, I will uh, I'll, I'll just get into the next part, which what I just covered was if you have a document in your own drive, in Google Drive as a teacher, and you wanted to add it to Kaizena, um, now I'm going to share how a student would ask their teacher for feedback um, if you as a teacher aren't already using some document management interface on, on Google Drive, such as uh, Doctopus. Um, and the way that we found to do this was the, the just the absolute simplest way that we could do this uh, was to give everyone a profile. So here my profile is at kaizena.com slash max and what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to my teacher's profile kaizena.com slash edward. And so uh, you know you might give this to your students by writing it on the whiteboard or by emailing it out or if you're using an LMS, posting it on, on a group. But the, the key is just that if you have some way of getting a link to your students, you just have to give them a link. And from there, uh, your students can ask you for feedback. So I'm going to ask Mr. Sun for feedback. And so I'm going to ask him for feedback on a presentation I made. Or I'll, I'll ask him for feedback on this on this other doc. Uh, sometimes it takes a while for Google to sync the documents into uh, the the picker interface. So here's a fun document. Um, next thing I do is I ask uh, I I put it into a box, and a box is just the digital analogy of the physical Dropbox. And so Edward already made a teacher cast box. 
and I'm going to put it in there. So if I were a teacher using this system, I might have a first draft box, a respond to for improvement box, and a grading box. Right, exactly. Um, so I just noticed that I had already made some comments on that document, so I'm going to ask him for feedback on, on a new document that I haven't already asked him for feedback on. And it's, we're going to go to the other side and, uh, and take a look at uh, the CIA in training. <laughs> okay, so now as a student, um, I actually have the opportunity to um, give some feedback on this document for my teacher before my teacher ever gets it. So, you know, I, as a student, could come in here and say, Hey, Edward, uh, this, or Mr. Sun, hi, Mr. Sun, um, this is something that I really wasn't sure how to word, and uh, I would really appreciate some feedback on, on my sentence structure. And now, when Edward sees this, now we can switch over to Edward's side. Yeah, we seem to be having a little bit of audio issues when you guys handle that one. Mm. Um, Max has just about done his, uh, his little demo on his part now, so um, yeah, cool. So you're going to switch over to mine, right? All right, so this is the um, this is an interface that uh, that the teacher would see when um, uh, you know when, when I first log on. And if you notice here on the TeacherCast box, the uh, the file that Max just submitted is um, is safely in the box. I can open it up, and here we go. We see uh, Sky training. Max uh, just submitted this into my box and left a nice little comment telling me what. Uh, what he wants to improve on. Hey, Edward, uh, this, or Mr. Sun. Hi, Mr. Sun. All right. So I'm just going to go over very quickly a few of the other features that, uh, that, that we've got beyond just voice comments. So one of the, one of the, one of the favorite features that teachers um, have been using us for is this thing called resources. So if, if there's a sentence that, let's say, has a comma slice, for example, I can attach a re resource, which is a link to videos, lessons, games, or any other uh, education content um, on the internet. So let's pretend there was a comma slice here. And I'm going to link it to grammar.me. And so now, when a student clicks on this highlight, they can immediately see a resource attached to it um, that links to the grammar.me site. And one of the greatest things about resources is that it's reusable. So if I go on another part of this document or another document from another student or another same student, another file, I just have to highlight, click the resources button, and start typing comma splice, hit enter, and it's automatically attached. And you can manage all of these resources on the resources link here above. Um, you can see all the resources you've submitted. You can edit the link. You can add a new resource uh, to save into your resource bank. And um, a very fast, very quick attachment. Just highlight, click the resources button, start typing a few letters, click enter, and that's it. Of course, there's also voice comments, which Max already demoed. And one of the greatest things uh, about the interface we have here on the sidebar is that I can actually respond to Max's comment right here in the same highlight so we can start a bit of a conversation. So here, I'm going to demo, let's just, let's just type some text. So thanks, Max, for telling me about what you want to work on. Check out some of the highlights. And one of the features that, um, I don't know if, Max, are you still here? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. So one of the features that we recently added, which um, I'm really excited about, uh, we're all really excited about, is uh, real-time notifications. So instead of 
Um, and you might be wondering, how do I send this feedback back to the students? And what we did recently last week is add this feature notifications where when I responded to Max here in this thread, Max automatically got a notification on his account that will also be easy to him a uh, short time later. Uh, so if you can switch over to Max's screen. Max, do you have it shared? Yeah, I can, I can start sharing. Why don't you just uh, switch your video off there, Edward, so that we don't run into any bandwidth problems. Am I live? Good to go, Jeff? Yes. Great. Uh, so back on my dashboard, um, I now see that I have this notification in the top right-hand corner. And if I click on that, it says, oh, Edward Sun added a response in CIA and training. So if I click on this notification, that's going to bring me right to the document and actually right to that particular response in the sidebar. So this is a great way to keep the feedback loop going and have an ongoing conversation, a really quick way to keep track of ongoing conversations about improvement across many students. Um, is but is with notifications, which you know is not just about you know what they said about an entire document, which is what you might see in like some you know an, another learning management system or uh, a, another um, commenting system, but this is actually allowing you to keep track of the individual responses on individual highlights within documents and keep the conversation going across your classroom. So you know. I, you know, I can even respond to Edward here with a voice comment of my own. So, thanks, Edward. I really appreciate the uh, the effort that you put into uh, you know giving me feedback on my work. And that now, notification um, is something that we're really excited about because it enables not only the the feedback loop to keep going, but it also enables uh, peer feedback because now students can ask each other for feedback. Um, and all those notifications just show up in a very familiar interface. It looks kind of just like you know what students might be used to on a, on something like Facebook. So, so if you, yeah, go for it. So Max, we have a few questions coming in from the doc. Uh, maybe we can go back, uh, put your video camera back on here. But one of the questions is, it says, what is the big push for using Kaizena over using just regular Google comments? Why why would teachers want to use the power of video commenting when they can simply just text back and forth and the students can use the texting back and forth. Oh, just waiting for my video to show up. Hi. So, yes, the the key here is is the high quality feedback that you and your students are able to uh, respond to each other through audio comments um, as well as you know the features that say you are giving feedback on your student time, uh, like resources, and so you know voice comments in particular is, is a great example of the feature that actually you know we we surveyed our uh, our our some of our most active users, and I actually haven't uh, I actually haven't uh, shared this yet because I'm still working on on collating all the the responses, but. Uh, you know, just a preview of, of of some stuff that we'll be publishing soon. It's actually, on average, 53% faster to uh, give feedback on student work with voice comments than it is to just use the generic text comments uh, in Microsoft Word or Google Docs. Um, the you know the other thing, of course, is resources. Um, you can save a lot of time and give far more effective feedback for common problems by actually standing on the shoulders of giants and finding you know, videos, lessons, games even uh, out there on the internet that help students with the specific problems that you encounter so that you're not writing comma splice, you know, 30 times. You know, you you, you actually just have to go find a great comma splicing video once. Uh, and then, you know, every time you see a comma splice, you just start, like, C-O-M and hit enter, and now that video is attached uh, to that highlight. And you know these are just really the the early, very early days of you know of the product and the guiding principle of you know doing things that both save teachers time as well as improving bottom line outcomes for students is very core to us. You know voice comments although it's 53 percent you know on average faster than you know writing text comments in the margin and 
it's also you know there's 30 years of research behind it that, that shows that it's it's more effective for students and you know I'm I'm happy to share that you know afterwards it's actually on our webs it's actually on kaizena.com there's a little link to research at the very bottom um, so you know these are very early days and these are just a few examples of the types of features um, that we're building around this core principle of both saving teachers time as well as improving the bottom line outcomes for students. Now, Sam, you know he he's talking about saving teachers time, and and Sam, you're an an English teacher. I'm sure that there's been assignments that you've given your students that you've just spent hours and hours trying to uh, you know save your red pens. How can something like Kaizena save you as the English teacher time out of your afternoon or your or your weekend? Well, it, it captures time in a number of places. One of the first places that it captures time is you don't have to overwrite your comments to avoid students uh, misinterpreting them. I'd find when I write my handwrite my comments and give them to students, I have to be very careful the way they're worded because the kids are going to read those comments in the meanest voice they've ever heard me speak in. And sometimes they'll even make up voices they've never heard me speak in to be like, oh, he must he must be really angry at me right now, even though I'm like, I'm never angry. Why would I be angry at you because of a comma? Sure. Um, but if I record that, then I can let my tone speak for itself more so they can be like, oh, he's using the the happy crazy puppet voice he's obviously not angry or you know whatever it is so would you actually um, consider doing a kaizena sort of comment with waka <laughs> well usually you know if, if waka came into a kaizena comment it would be because there would be like multiple points that needed to be addressed and i wanted to differentiate between one voice and another but uh, before Kaizena came along, I was trying to do this by pointing a document camera at their paper and then making a screencast of it and then Ooh. emailing them that video. Ooh. That took a long time. This is so much simpler. And it creates a trackable record of progress. So, like, if you've given Bob the comma splice video three times in a row, then Bob needs some other intervention than the comma splice video, right? Now. I, I'm not sure if this was mentioned or not, but it came up in our chat, and, and I'm going to open this for everybody else. And actually, let me bring Diana back in here too, but when you're looking at Wii Video, and especially when you're looking at doing the Kaizena comments, does equipment matter? Do we need to have a laptop with a built-in mic? Should we get an external mic? Should we look into getting extra things? Um, let me start with Max, and then I definitely want to have Diana chime in here as far as what are the requirements equipment-wise. Max, what about you? Does a teacher need to have an external microphone for this to work? No, uh, not at all. Um, what I've found in our experience and you know, working with teachers through support requests is that most teachers are now using a device of some sort uh, that is anything that's not a desktop. Uh, if you are using a desktop, you absolutely will need a an external microphone unless you're using like an all-in-one desktop like like an iMac. Um, or I know HP has some uh, some all-in-one desktops as well. Mm -hmm. um, but the built-in microphone on on pretty much every device that we've tested on um, is is more than good enough uh, as long as you're in like a you know a reasonably quiet environment if you're if you're, if you're in a, a classroom and you know there's you know a big project going on then you know a headset microphone would probably be be worth it how about you diana is there something especially if you're going to be using like the classroom resources are there equipments re, uh, specifications that a, a, a building or a classroom might need so the same as with Max, I mean, uh, we basically, if you have a webcam or a built-in microphone in your device, we're able to pull it from there. But uh, we are talking about video, and it is all, as you know, uh, about the quality of it. So whenever you have better resources, if they are available to you, you can always plug in a, maybe a USB microphone and then use that one to record, and it will have a little bit of a better quality. Uh, you can also decide to... Uh, record certain things externally, either using devices like a tablet or, or a phone or even a, a camera, and then just upload those to a video. It all depends really on the project that you're doing and the reason why you're recording the voiceover or the video. But of course, all the resources are there if you just want to use the built-in uh, computer or mic on your computer. Sam, as somebody who's in the classroom doing media like this, is there any recommendations that you have 
for um, classroom video or audio equipment to go ahead and use with some of these great Google add-ons? Definitely. I think as um, Max mentioned, the, the audio bleed from one student to the next can be very difficult. So if you get something like an isolation helmet, like the isolator here, it can be really useful. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, if you've got a pair of headphones with an inline microphone and you're working on a, a tablet, that's really great. If you can get kids to just work close, more closely to their devices, that can be really helpful. Um, Headphones, especially if they're actually producing audio, help a whole lot. Um, the most important thing in the classroom is to keep the kids focused on the fact that they're having fun making something collaboratively. And this isn't the final version. Get them used to iteration. If they come up with a really great version of a movie that they're like, wow, that was totally perfect. If only we hadn't been able to listen to Sam talking in the background the whole time then great, shoot the video again and kick me out of the room the second time because you've got a really great rough draft. You know, I got to say, uh, we're about 45 seconds delayed from the chat room, so they're just now getting that joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, uh, you know, ba let's, let's just kind of go over some things. If you're going to be using Wii Video and you want to use some external stuff, um, you know, again, I was just talking about this earlier at, at EdCamp, but something like an iRig mic 60 bucks um you know if you want to do something that's as crazy as this which is called a blue yeti um these roughly cost about 120 140 you can get a snowball mic for about 80 bucks uh these particular mics here these are audio technica 2005s these are actually 49 bucks and they're they're usb microphones they're amazing um, Sam has another version of the iRig mic, which is actually the adapter version, um, rather right. than actually having the, the physical mic, but they're about the same price, I believe. Um, right. You know, this was like 40 bucks. And then I went into the music room and I stole one of the music teachers microphones <laughs> with the official, uh, microphone cable. So they'll be looking for that later, but they won't be able to find it because it'll be under my puppet stage. Thank you, Sam. So, it, you know, if you are looking for some basic equipment, you don't have to look much harder than, you know, 100 bucks is really where you are. You don't need to go with the Yetis for the 140, 50 bucks, whatever it is. You can stay under $100 and really do stuff, especially if you if you if you are interested in doing the video comments, as they said, you have everything built into your laptop already, probably. Um, so there's a lot of neat stuff that you can certainly do there. Um Guys, I want to say thank you so much, uh, Diana and 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 Max and uh, and 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 I'm losing names here and Edward for Edward. For, for for coming on here. Um, Diana, one more time, tell us, Diana, where can we learn about We Video? So we have great resources at wevideo.com/academy. We, there's a lot of tutorials there that you can find on how to use We Video and best practices on not only how to um, use We Video but also how to shoot better video and record better audio, things like that. If you just want to check out what WeVideo for Education is, wevideo.com slash education. And feel free to just add us on any of our social channels. Just look for WeVideo. And uh, Max, Edward, where can we learn more about the great stuff over at Kaizena? The presentation that I uh, was going to show you guys is actually available at uh, support.kaizena.com. And it was an amazing uh, PD presentation together by... A, a tech integrator who was applying for a job, and he did get the job after making this presentation on us. So uh, it's pretty good. It's available at support.kaizen.com. Uh, the team and I are always uh, available here um, at Kaizen.com. at Kaizen feedback. Um, and we love to hear you, especially in the time. But if you're getting started and want and say like, hey, how do I do anything? Really, um, just shoot us a message. You know, we'll either link you to a video or we'll right there. So um, and we didn't quite get to down tonight. Was actually uh, on on presence um, and something that's uh, been 
for one each request that we just created in June, so um, give it a shot and certainly Max, we're gonna we're gonna stop right there because you're you're back to being a little bit uh, distorted a little bit. Am I on the mic as well now? Yeah, it's also coming off a little bit uh, distorted on that one. Okay. I mean, I just trying to say ways to We're at KaizenFP on Twitter. Okay, well, if you're looking for more information about Kaizena, check out Kaizena.com, and they've got a great presentation at support.kaizena.com. Definitely, and check them out on Twitter, at KaizenaFB. Sam, thank you so much for setting this up tonight. This was a great show. Next week, we're going to be continuing our Google themes here. We're going to be bringing up different things that you can do. Of course, as you know, we've just updated google well we didn't update but google has just updated google drive some of the new stuff in docs so we're going to be spending the next two weeks really going over in depth some of the great things that are new and updated um we actually had a few chats uh, a few um uh, comments here in the chat box saying hey we're going to be doing a training this week where do i start how do i start i i do want to get to this one sam and maybe i want to get a little bit of your feedback here before we sign off where can an administrator start training i my big philosophy and when i go into train schools i start at the beginning i mean i start with this is google drive this is what it can do this is how you create a doc this is how you move things around here are the settings and then i jump into google docs and you know a couple weeks ago i did a training where i thought i was going in for like a three and a half hour training with a staff and it was a big 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 deal i actually walked out of there and it spent me an hour and a half just talking about sharing a document and that was a big thing. So don't overlook some of these things that you know normal Google people take for granted. The concept of creating a document and sharing it with a large uh, classroom or, or school, that's a major concept that requires some time. Where would you start if you were going out to a school district, let's say in Colorado, and, and wanted to do some Google training? If I was going to do some Google training and I wanted to get teachers started with it, I would start with a form that I would use. I would set up Google Form ahead of time, and I would use that form to show everybody how I could gather information, invite people to a doc, and then I would get as many people in the room as I could. Well, I'd probably cap out at about 50 or 50 so. 50 or so, yeah. Uh, to get on the same doc at the same time, because there's really a functional limit of around 50 people can actually contribute to a doc at a time, at least the last time I tried. Um, and I would alternate between activities where we were all doing something kind of together or in parallel on a Google doc, and when they were watching me kind of go through different pieces of a Google doc. But what where I think it's power is that, you know, it's mobile, and it's accessible. So if you've got a bunch of people in a gymnasium, there's no reason that you, they can't pair up with each other and do something on a Google Doc right there and share it with somebody else. You know, I think this is such a great topic. Why don't next week we continue this and we'll actually talk about how to train a staff on Google? Awesome. Join us next week. Again, we are here live every single Sunday night following tech educator right now we are going to have episode five of a great new podcast on TeacherCast called 30 second take with our friend an amazing educator from minnesota called brad gustafson um he has this amazing podcast called 30 second take where basically he takes one educator pins him up against another educator and it's your job to vote either by the hashtag 30 second take or by contacting him through his email. There's a really great stuff again out there. If you are interested in working with us here at the Tech Educator Podcast or starting a show of your own, please let us know. You can reach out to us at Tech Ed Show or simply by going over to TeacherCast.net and contacting us. Thank you so much. Walker, yes? Can, can I get a show, Jeff? We, or is this just for people? I thought you were the one creating the, the Craig Yen Show. Oh, oh, yes, the Craig Ed Show, of course. Excellent. Guys, thank you so much for joining. Right after this, we are going to start 30-second take with Brad Gustafson. Enjoy, and we'll see you next week on episode number 63.